So up to the eight hour mark, the cardiovascular disease and all that, if you do exercise and a regular routine, you can reverse that. So we can take care of that. But the 11 plus hours, exercise doesn't seem to touch that. So even though, sure, we could go to the gym for an hour, we really need to reduce the sitting as opposed to just hitting the gym harder and harder and harder. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message on workplace wellness. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with my colleague, Nick Koya from the Ohio BWC. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Hey, Mike, I'm excited to be here today. I think we have a great podcast episode, like all of ours, but I'm excited about today's because it's a piece that has been affecting a lot of people, especially because we're no longer in our normal office environment with some of those great tools that we used to have. Many of us are still working from home. Absolutely. So we're also here with Dr. Stefan Zavlin, and he's from Love to Move, and he's also the author of Sit Less. We'll get more to that later. But before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about yourself, doctor. Oh, I am also incredibly excited to be here. So I got my doctorate in physical therapy, but I'm doing a lot more of this sort of uh, work culture consulting now and helping people find ways to reduce their sitting. So instead of finding ways to exercise more, live healthier by sitting less, and we'll get more into all of that. Yes, we're here to talk about the effects of sedentary work. And they talk about sitting as the new smoking now. What's up with that? What are some of the side effects of sitting too long? There are a lot. And so that gets thrown around a bit as the sitting is the new smoking. And just so people are aware, what that really means is that the effect that long-term sitting has on you is the same as far as our longevity and our lifespan is concerned as smoking. So if we look at it in this kind of timeline way, we're going to start at a few minutes of sitting and then go all the way to hours of sitting and what that has on our body, the effects. So 20 minutes of sitting, we've got a little bit of what's called gene expression to break down muscle. Muscle breakdown does not occur. That's not what that means. It's kind of like your body starts to possibly think about maybe breaking down muscles. So it's, it's just very beginning part. So 20 minutes, you're fine. 30 minutes, less blood flowing to the brain. So that's where we're seeing maybe productivity is getting affected, our focus, our workflow might start to get affected if we're sitting for 30 and then on minutes. Now, if we're having that wonderful posture where our chin is jutting out forward and we're kind of craning our necks as most of us do, I'm guilty of it, I know, but that cuts off airflow. So that means the entire time you're sitting, there's less oxygen that's going to the rest of your body. So if we take all of that and take it onto hours of sitting, six or more hours of sitting, you've got an increased risk of anxiety and depression, then eight hours or more, double the risk of cardiovascular disease, which by the way, with the pandemic, still the number one killer is cardiovascular disease. And then 11 or more hours, this is the big one, 11 or more hours of sitting increases the risk of premature death by 40%. And that's that number that goes, oh man, it's kind of like smoking. It has such a huge impact. The scary part about that is most of it. So up to the eight hour mark, the cardiovascular disease and all that, if you do exercise and a regular routine, you can reverse that. So we can take care of that. But the 11 plus hours, exercise doesn't seem to touch that. So even though, sure, we could go for, to the gym for an hour, we really need to reduce the sitting as opposed to just hitting the gym harder and harder and harder. But that's really the, the big overarching effects that it has. Think about today's environment, right? At least when we were in the office space, we had to get up some, right? I had to go to my, you know, the cubicle next door to ask a question. The, the printer was always on the other side of the office. We hated it, but at least it moved us some. Now we've gone to all digital. I mean, there's no reason for me to leave this workspace that, that I'm sitting in, right? I mean, other than if I got to go to the bathroom or go get something out of the fridge for a minute, there's no motivation to get up. 
the point that you made, doctor, that exercise doesn't fix this. I think it's huge because, you know, we might go to the gym for 30 minutes, an hour, a couple of days a week. And we think, well, I'm fine because I'm doing that for overall health. That's fine. But you're still not hitting those effects from sitting for so long. So I think if there's one takeaway, it would probably be that. Would you agree? I would. Absolutely. And Nick makes a fantastic point about that. We used to have all these sitting breaks where we would get up and we would go grab something else. But now we get up, some people roll out of bed and they sit down at their computer and that's their commute is just walking from the bedroom to the office. Some people work from their bedroom. So that may be even shorter for some of us, but absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Exercise, unfortunately, is not tackling all of it. So is this more cumulative throughout the day, the 11 hours of sitting? And so then how do we start to combat some of this? Because even if I take my 30 minute lunch break and go walk, you know, let's, let's face it. When you work from home, sometimes it's hard to shut it off so we can get into those grinds and we end up putting in nine, 10 hours at the computer, eat dinner with the family, and then it's TV and movie time, right? So you might get an hour of exercise in there. What are some things that we start to think about to combat this, to get us moving? And you made a great point. So by no means am I against somebody going for a walk at lunch, but exactly that's 30 minutes. So the average that we were sitting before the pandemic for desk workers was about 12 hours, some even up to 15 hours a day. That's we're not including sleeping into that. So a 30 minute walk, that's not really going to do much to cut down the amount that you're sitting. Adding in more walking, there's only so much that you can do. Are you going to walk for five hours throughout your day? <laughs> you got to do all your other things. So this is where I say we need to adapt the tasks that we're doing at work. Standing desks are great, but you don't need a standing desk because immediately people go, oh, that's an investment. That's I have to buy that. I don't have a standing desk. I use a pile of books to do my video calls on. All of my phone calls, I just have an earbud that goes in and I'm pacing as I'm doing it. There are certain things that I do standing up. We've got a little counter in the kitchen and I can put some papers down there. And if I'm doing some writing, I'm doing that in standing. So I'm not taking away the time from work. I'm still spending as much time as I did before doing the work, but now I'm standing up. And actually I tend to be more productive when I'm standing. So usually I get to the end of the day and I go, well, I got some hours to spend, but it's really about changing how we're doing this work as opposed to finding places to shove in movement, because that's not scalable. We're going to burn out if we just keep on adding more and more movement. You know, and we actually here at the BWC did a really cool video on ergonomics in the workplace at home when the pandemic first started, finding things around your house to change it so that you can have that sit-stand desk at no cost. Things like an ironing board make a great stand desk, right? It's just something laying around the house that we can work with and start to change those environments. I know that some of my colleagues and even some customers I've talked with now are doing walking meetings. So, hey, if I got a team meeting, let's all agree we're going to go walk we really don't need to take notes, right? If we do, we can email it afterwards and, and we can walk and talk. There's a lot of times that we could do that and get out and maybe even get a little sunshine while we do it. Absolutely. And there's a, there was a beautiful study done um, from a psychological standpoint about sort of meetings. When we have a meeting or when we interact, especially in a work environment, face-to-face, or we're sitting across each other at a table or anything, we feel more combative. We feel more like we have to compete as, whereas in, if we're going side by side, which you almost have to do when you're walking, not like somebody's going to walk backwards. You feel more that you're a team. There's more of this cohesiveness and that we want to collaborate and work together, which I would hope every team wants to do that. So the walking meetings also have this huge benefit outside of just the health part of it. And yet, even if you're on a Zoom call, maybe some of those meetings, they're Zoom, but turn off your cameras and everybody can go for a walk if you can do it from your phone. Absolutely. There are great ways. I encourage listeners, go watch that video. It sounds like there are fantastic tips there as well. 
You know, and some of the other things that you see, you know, obviously it's a larger investment, but I even starting to see a lot more of the treadmill desks, right? Like encouraging people. Now, obviously we want you to work safely while you do that. We don't need to jog while we're trying to type, but you know, there's little things that we can do to change that up, especially here in Northeast Ohio, right? Where we were just talking before the podcast, you know, we received, you know, 14 to 20 inches of snow. Outside walking is really not a big option for most of us right now. Uh, we're still actually, I'm watching them dig outside walks right now. There's just so much snow out there. Absolutely. There are some things, even to the degree of when we're talking about cost, small treadmills that are just, they're just a rectangle of a treadmill. There are no handlebars or anything. And you can keep it under your desk, no matter what desk you have and turn it into that treadmill desk. Now you, you made a very good point. Safety is a huge concern when it comes to the treadmill desk, but also the productivity initially, and this was done on typists, so computer work, initially suffers for the first several hours that you're using of using the desk. So while you're learning how to walk and type and do all of those things, you may see your productivity go down, but eventually it actually does come back up. So it nets positive overall. Standing desks, a lot easier for us to adjust to, but there is a, a key part here. We talked about how much we're sitting. We're sitting those 12, 15 hours. And honestly, now that we're remote and we're at home, probably even more, we can't jump into standing for two, three, four hours every single day. Our body's not used to that. That's too much to do. So the breaks, we kind of talked about the 20, 30 minutes, what happens at that point. That's the ideal time. If you can take a break every 30 minutes, but also you may not start there. Maybe it's a break every hour. Maybe you spend 15 minutes standing. Maybe it's 20. Don't jump into an hour of standing right away if you're not used to it. That's how you're going to get some of that back pain. Your legs are aching. That means you're doing too much. This shouldn't be hard. This should be a gradual transition. That's the key. Doctor, one of the things I struggle with in my mind, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get up every hour. But then I get so engulfed in my work that I forget. Do you recommend using technology like a Fitbit or something to set like a little vibration on your wrist reminder to kind of remind you to get up every hour? Absolutely. So, and here's the catch. Those can be definitely helpful, but it's also very easy to go, oh yeah, it's vibrating. I'm, I'm not gonna, whatever. I'm gonna keep working. I'm just gonna finish this one last part. And then two hours later, oh, I'm still gonna finish this last part. If you have the self-discipline, great. By all means, do it. Another way that I like to do it is, what is the task? So, okay, I'm gonna finish this specific spreadsheet. It's maybe gonna take me 45 minutes, roughly. I'm gonna go stand up right after I finish this specific part of it. That way, if my Fitbit or wherever it is goes off in the middle of that, I, I'm not disrupted from what I'm doing, but also I know exactly when I'm standing up. The second part is standing up is wonderful, but usually if you don't have something specific you're going to go do, you're less likely to do it because you're thinking, well, I'm just going to stand up and stand around and do nothing. I'm just going to sit back down and work. Why am I doing this? So if you have a list of other tasks you can do from home, that's wonderful. I do chores on my breaks. That way, at the end of the day, I don't have to do them. Take out the trash and then you can come back to work easy, right? Or my chore is sweeping the kitchen, which is a lot of movement. And that's, that's lovely. And I can do one room at a time also if, if I kind of need to. But finding exactly what you need to do once you stand up gives you that, okay, I have a task to go do and then I'm going to come back to my work as opposed to working for two, three hours straight without getting up. Water intake, does that help combat some of this and be an encouragement that, hey, maybe instead of getting the gallon jug that I set at my desk and guzzle on all day, I fill up uh, eight ounce glass. And then when that gets empty, it's time to go refill it. And at least it forces me to run down the stairs, get a glass of water and run back up the stairs. You're saying my tips for me. I love it. Yes, that's exactly what I say. I say you can use a smaller cup and then 
if you keep your intake even higher, you're also on top of all that running to the restroom ever so often. So you have to get up for that as well. So it, it definitely helps, but make it manageable. If you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I have this tiny thimble that I'm drinking out of and there's no way that I can, okay, go back to a larger glass. It's okay. If you're not drinking any water because you don't feel like getting up, that's also not the way we want to do it. So find the things that are kind of working for you. But absolutely, uh, hydration is a big portion of this because we talked about cardiovascular disease, for example, that's your cardiovascular system, that's blood. And you need to make sure that you're hydrating properly for that system to function well. So yeah, hydration is key. So how long do we need to get up for? I know I've heard different things and I, and I've, to be honest with you, I struggle with thinking that I could just get up and walk to the kitchen and come back if I'm working from home or walk into the copier in the office. Is that really enough to kind of stop that, you know, from sitting for two hours and I get up and go, walk to the copier and come back that 30 seconds a minute. Is that actually enough to kind of hinder that effect or, or how long do we need to be moving before, before we sit back down? It's a great question. So when I talk to people and when I kind of coach them through this, I go, yes, that is enough. And here's, here's why I, I say it's enough. It's enough because that starts building the habit. Physiologically, unfortunately, it's not enough. We need to stand up and move for about two minutes whenever we're, we're doing those breaks. But if you go, yeah, I'm not doing two minutes. I'll do 30 seconds. There's no way I'm doing two minutes. I am so happy with 30 seconds and that you're at least starting to build the habit because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to building the habits. You can have the best desk set up in the world, but if you don't have the habit of getting up and actually using a standing desk, what's the point? It's not going to actually help you. It's not going to force you to do the movements. We can only do it on our own volition. So ideally, the one thing I will tell you is if you can, it's better to do many short breaks as opposed to one long one. So if you were to every four hours walk for eight minutes, that's worse than walking two minutes every hour. As we start to transition back into the workplace, um, you know, what are some things that we could think about in an office setting uh, that we could start to incorporate into our days just to make us a little healthier and help to combat this as we head back to the office? Well, and this is where I think you guys need to get in more on the resources for Nick and look at everything that he's doing with a lot of the stuff because it's so helpful. The biggest thing, the biggest piece for me is the culture aspect. And here's what I mean by that. We can internally motivate ourselves and go, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up. I'm going to do it. Wonderful. And then nobody else around us does it. And we feel like we're the weirdo that's standing on the Zoom call, which that's me all the time, but I'm okay with it. Now, if we have the whole team that's embracing it and that's saying, okay, you know, at every meeting, the first five minutes, we're going to stand up. Or at the end of the meeting, before we ask questions, let's play musical chairs. Everybody stand up, walk around, sit down. Now we're going to ask the questions. If we built that kind of movement into our everyday workflow, then it doesn't feel as weird. And it, it's part of the tasks and everything that we do. That is the big long-term game. It's not something we can do instantly. You can take all these little tips of drink a bit more water in smaller cups and go to the bathroom, walk over to the printer. Those can be built into the office, but it's that culture and making sure that the whole team is accepting of this kind of new way of doing things that's really going to make it all skyrocket. How about after your work day? So, you know, we get our eight hours in, our 10 hour day, and we come home, cook dinner, obviously see the family at the dinner table. Now we got a few hours ahead of us. Obviously, Netflix sounds like fun, but what, what should we really be doing? What are some ways to combat this with inside the house? Um, maybe even get the family involved. Sure. So the more hands-on sort of things that you can do, the better. So for example, you said, we're going to cook dinner, right? A lot of times people might have pre-cooked things. They just might throw something in the oven or just quick. And they're not actually maybe hand cutting it themselves, preparing it themselves. There's an opportunity for you to do some really easy movement when you're preparing everything. 
after dinner. Doing dishes, this is where, I mean, it depends. If you want to do dishes by hand, that uses a little bit more water. So if you're eco-friendly, yes, the dishwasher. But if you can get the whole family to kind of participate, all right, there's a little bit more movement. In terms of blood sugar, one of the best things that we can do is go walk or move. If you're snowed in, of course, you can't necessarily go walk, but maybe play some sort of a game or do some sort of small movement with your family about 30 minutes after dinner. Gentle. This is not exercise. This is just movement. And then this is one of the bigger things that kind of to change your environment in a way is finding, can you set up almost like a standing station where you can watch TV? So maybe you're leaning on the counter, maybe you're kind of on a bar stool partially or whatever it may be, but for 20, 30 minutes, maybe it's just for half of an episode or a full episode of that Netflix show, you stand up. I don't want to take the fun out of it. I understand sitting is comfortable. It feels really good. And I don't mean to make people stop sitting forever. That's not the point. It's just that let's try to reduce it and find those ways we can be healthier without having to shove a bunch of movement and exercise into our lives right away. Well, you know, I think this is where the millennial in me starts to come out and a little bit of my geek side. You know, the Nintendo Switch is a great opportunity. The kids and I, we love playing the Mario Olympics game, right? And even if it's, you know, shooting bow and arrow, you still got to stand up, move your arms around. You got to stand for the whole, you know, five minute game. And then they want to play it six or seven times. And before you know it, you've entertained yourself for 30 minutes. And at least you're up moving around a little bit. Absolutely. Dogs are also a huge benefit for those that have to walk them. Again, snowed in, different issue. But in general, it's about 30 minutes of extra movement that dog owners have versus those that don't. So um, how about those that are on a production line? Are there some things, you know, there's some jobs that just require us, you know, outside of the office. We often talk about the office environment, but we also have factory workers. I think back to growing up as my father uh, worked in a factory putting grommets and banners. And so he kind of was hunched over all day, just putting grommets in and he got paid piece rate. So, you know, moving was not beneficial for him because each grommet was, it was a few cents in his paycheck. So what are some things that we can do when we do have to sit for that longer time? Is it still better to at least get up every at lunchtime and spend my lunchtime walking? Or what do we do when we have those mandated long sitting periods? Absolutely. So a lot of those companies are looking into bringing in stretching and movement before and then after those prolonged seated period times. If you're forced into it, if you have to be there for four, six, eight hours, however long it is, you're going to have to kind of put in movement before and then put in some movement after to make sure that your body isn't just stiff the entire time. The beauty of it is actually the movement is going to make you more productive as you're sitting and as you're doing it. If you can add in another part in there for two minutes, you will actually notice that you're a lot more productive for that time without really losing maybe that much time that, that people think. Because I understand that in that kind of scenario, it's harder to get up every 20, 30 minutes. That's more for the desk worker that can very easily do that. But implementing some sort of movement before and absolutely after uh, and maybe even an exercise little regimen of five, 10 minutes of stretching and mobility work. That's what's going to keep you healthy for sure. And this is really great information. And one thing that we love to do on this podcast is called takeaways, giving something for people to start working on. So give me two takeaways for while I'm at work and two takeaways of what I can start to implement in my home life after work or on the weekends, just to start to maybe reverse the effects of all the sitting I've been doing. Absolutely. So for work, two things that are relatively easy, start with those little breaks, the reminder breaks, whether that be at 30 minutes or at an hour and make sure that you're coupling a task with it that, that you're doing. You're just going to be more successful with it that way. And then, and this is the big really takeaway is Find those work tasks that you can just start doing in standing or walking, be it meetings, be it phone calls, be it computer work, whatever it is, 
find that because that's going to have the biggest impact on reducing the amount that you're sitting. When it comes to doing things at home, I love a walk after dinner It's or any kind of movement after dinner just because it, it's so good for our health. And most of us just sit after dinner for a long period of time. And that has cumulative effects above the just the, the sitting portion. So definitely move a little bit after dinner, 30 minutes after dinner, not right after. Don't, don't go puking on me. I don't want that. And then the second takeaway is find those ways to make activities, the family activities, more in standing and more fun. Even if it is watching TV, how can you adapt that part? And maybe people just take turns and somebody has to be at the standing station uh, at any point. But those would be the, the big ones. Those are great things. One last question for you. How does uh, stretching and mobility play into any of this? Is that something that we should be working on to on a routine basis? You know, making sure that we're stretching in some fashion, you know, nothing extreme, but adding that into maybe our daily affirmations, into our daily morning routines, whatever you want to call it. Is that a piece that helps combat this too by getting the body loosened up a little bit? Absolutely. I think that we have this tendency to think when we think exercise, we arrange it in, I have to do strength training. So the, the hard workout, then there's some cardio I have to do. And maybe I'll do some mobility corrective exercises if I've got time for it. The mobility and the, the stretching part is the most important part because that's what's going to influence your movement throughout your entire day and really your whole life. So yes, the mobility is something you need to be doing every single day. And that may be stretches or that may be going through the range of motion you already have. You don't necessarily need to hold it, but you're just getting your body warmed up and moving through the available kind of ranges of motion of your joints that you have at that point. But mobility is crucial. Absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, being on here with us today. You know, this is this is a new thing that's affecting the world and we're always faced with new safety and health concerns. And that's what we specialize here with the Bureau of Workers Comp is working on safety and health. Those are both pieces. And we know that uh, healthy workers are injured less and they return to work faster. Uh, that's why we do promote our health and wellness programs because we want workers to be healthy, to know what their baseline is and how to improve upon it. And issues like this is another area that employers can invest in to help with risk management, because that's what safety and health comes down to is risk management. We've identified a risk here in this podcast, and now we need to start implementing ways to manage that. And I think you gave us some good takeaways for that. So doctor, how can someone get a hold of you? If they want more information, I know you have a book out. We could go ahead and talk about that, but what's your website? How can they reach out to you? So the website is ltmmtl.com and you can find me on most all social media. I'm most prevalent on Instagram where I'm constantly putting out tips, videos, and all, all sorts of fun stuff there. And that's just Stefan Zavalin uh, on the Instagram, but anywhere else, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, you can find me on all of those. The book is called Sit Less and it's really meant as a guide and as a tool there is a little bit about exercise, but again, this book is meant to help you reduce the amount that you're sitting. And it's meant for anybody, be it the employee at the bottom level, be it the C-suite executive, be it the middle manager. It really makes sure that you can adapt your own workflow and then change the culture within your company. And the thing that I love about it, getting to write it is there's a story that's followed by sort of the informative section and then your next three steps. That's how every chapter goes so that you have actionable things to do. So it's a story, informative text and a workbook all in one. I'm a big book nerd. So I'm, I'm definitely going to add that to my list of must reads for 2022. It's only 124 pages. So if you're out there listening to this, our safety guys, they read codes all the time. They make it tired of reading, but it's only 124 pages, short, quick read, check out his book and let's get that bumped up in Amazon. 
Doctor, thank you again so much. And uh, we appreciate you coming on. So everybody out there listening, just have a healthy and safe day. Take care. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.